0: This podcast is sponsored by Canoe Club. Canoe Club has been one of my favorite retailers for such a long time, so it's a real honor to have them, you know, sponsoring the pod. If you're unfamiliar with Canoe Club, it's a retailer based out of Boulder, Colorado, that carries brands such as you know, Engineer Garments, VisVim, Capital, Nanamika, Levi's, Orslo, you know, Friends of the Pod, Marnie, Solomon, and Popeye Magazine, and so much more. They have such an incredible assortment, you know, ranging from under the radar emerging brands to beloved heritage brands. I had the founder of Canoe Club Timothy Grendel on the podcast, which I'll have linked in the description if you're interested in learning more about the retailer. I'll also be showcasing some of my favorite pieces on the Fashion Collective Instagram as well as in the weekly newsletter. Over at Canoe Club has been very kind to offer a 15% discount code for all the Fashion Collective podcast listeners. Use code Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, it is Fashion Collective 15 to get 15% off your next order. The link to the site will be linked in the description for you guys to head over and check out the assortment. I think I, I work in the way um, a furniture designer or an architect would work because I'm designing something practical. This episode, we get into everything Margaret Howe, this year the brand, England's beyond the scenes, and try to identify what makes this seemingly ordinary brand so special. Margaret Howe was born in England on September 5th, 1946, shortly after the Second World War. In her teens, she would design her own clothing, which is when she first started to conceptualize her own design ethos. She was inspired early on by the understatement of the work of Jean Muir and the suiting of Saint Laurent. The designer distinctly remembers the brown pinstripe suit one of her female teachers wore when she was a child, and how she became quite obsessed with the idea. She said, quote, It was deeply unfashionable, but which I knew I might be able to do something with. She states in an interview with The Guardian, The British designer finally remembers their annual Christmas trip to Selvages as a family, her mother instilled the importance of slow fashion and buying pieces that are made to last into her and her siblings at an early age. She said, quote, we were a family that always darn socks." I feel like this kind of mindset is quintessential Margaret Howe, and it's interesting to learn that this has been with her since the inception of her interest in fashion and style. Howell went on to study art, where she developed an appreciation for figurative artists like Meunier, Van Gogh, and Constable, which was a contrast to the popularity of abstract art at the time. After art school, Howell began her career when she turned down a position to work in BBC's makeup department so she could start designing her own accessories at then up-and-coming retailer Browns. The British designer established her eponymous label in 1970. She started off creating handmade bead and paper mache jewelry, which eventually impressed the team at Vogue, and the British-American actress Elizabeth Taylor, who was shooting the movie Z Co in London at the time. In 1972, Margaret Howell teamed up with her then-husband, Paul Renshaw, and the couple started to sell their shirting out of their home in Southeast London. The brand initially started creating shirting for women, made of men's pinstripe shirting but at the time, they were too hard to sell, so she shifted to making men's shirting with the quality of bespoke German Street shirts, but with a soft construction and casual fit. Later, she developed an unlined linen jacket, a pair of cotton chinos, and an oversized raincoat, gradually building what she deemed a modular men's wardrobe. The brand continued to get praise and noteworthy co-signs, such as from Paul Smith, which led to the duo opening their first store in the late 70s with help of designer and retailer Joseph Edigu. Located on London's South Milton Street, the store was able to quickly build traction with their growing clientele. One such person was Jack Nicholson, who particularly was a fan of the corduroy wind heater jacket which he picked up while in LA at Maxfield. He loved it so much that he wore the now iconic jacket during the filming of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. The opening of her store also coincided with the growing interest from women at the time, desiring more unisex garments. This success led to them opening another store in 1980 at St. Christopher's Place. The 1980s gave way to more global expansion, however, the brand did experience some growing pains during this decade. The husband and wife duo separated in 1987, and Renshaw departed the company. The company was able to reorganize itself in order to get back to the success experienced in the previous decade with the help of Japanese businessman Sam Segura. Segura was known for importing brands such as Paul Smith into Japan. Segura became a fan of Howell's work, and inquired if they would be interested in growing more of her operation in Japan. In 1990, Margaret Howe sold a majority stake in the business to the Japanese company and global. However, she continues to have a significant stake in the business and has full creative control over the operations. The designer and Segura worked on slowly growing their presence in Japan in the coming years. The brand was able to flourish in the Japanese market and accounted for a bulk of the brand's overall sales in 2014, approximately 85%. As the label continued to grow, it added more Japanese designers to keep up with the demand. Since 1999, the brand has also produced its garments in their own North London factory and specialist manufacturers in the UK and Italy, like knitwear specialist John Smedley. In the 90s, this was highly unusual and speaks to the level of quality and craftsmanship the British designer was operating at. In 2003, the brand started its workwear-focused sub-label, MHL, by Margaret Howe. Birth out of a love of workwear, the designer didn't want the main line to veer off, so she decided to dedicate a separate line to workwear and with the same quality of fine fabrics craftsmanship that the Howell team is known for. Even though the thought of a massive retail rollout is something that highly concerns the designer, we have seen the brand continue to grow its presence globally. The brand has now grown to encompass more than 100 shops and concessions across London, Paris, Japan, and of course the iconic store in Florence, Italy. The headquarters, based at 34 Wigmore Street in London, accommodates both the design studio and the flagship shop, selling the men's and women's collections alongside homeware products that complement the design ethos. You can also find the brand carried at renowned stockists around the world. The current collection has many standouts such as the Propped worker jacket that features the spread collar with the two Snap Storm flap patch pockets on the front that you can pick up from TrueBN. I really love the welded matte coat in this beautiful dark green colorway that's from the MHL sublabel that's available at New York Day's retailer La Garçon. Jacket is completely waterproof and it's inspired by a 1960s oil skin coat with a corduroy collar. It has a nice oversized fit which most Martin Howell pieces do. You can find some incredible finds on eBay as well. I'll have some of my favorites linked in the podcast description for anyone who's interested in seeing more. In a 2021 article from the Financial Times, they interviewed longtime fans of the brand to try and gather what truly makes Margaret Howell design so special. Margot Henderson, founder and chef of London restaurant Rochelle Canteen, stated, Margaret Howell's clothes are so wearable. They're timeless and have a sense of permanence. You can wear it in the garden, cooking, going to the shops. It's very practical. I believe this encapsulates why so many people, including myself enjoy our collections from season to season, How sees as much saying, quote, I really enjoy pulling these threads of British tradition, quality, and skill together in clothes that are meant to be worn in the real world. Where good design is about living with thoughtful style. This now concludes the episode of the Fashion Collective Podcast. If you're interested in checking out more from the podcast, please follow us on Instagram at the Fashion Collective Podcast and subscribe to the podcast on your preferred streaming service. Thanks and see you on the next episode.